I appreciate um, on Sunday morning that you listen to me, but I want you to really kind of, if you even want to close your eyes, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to really bring healing and ministry today. Some of you have been carrying things for years, and God wants to really break things off and even begin a process where there is total healing in your soul and in your heart. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were warned, in the day that they ate that forbidden fruit, they would die. We know they didn't die immediately physically, but what happened is they died spiritually. We have a spirit, and it's what God breathed into Adam, and it started the whole process. I was just reading, I think it was in Zephaniah the other day, where he asked the question, who knows when the spirit of, when God puts the spirit of man into man? It is the spirit of God as part of him that gives us life, but we're all born into this world with a fallen Adamic nature. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, that blood is passed upon all of us, so we're all born dead spiritually. The reason why we're here is to grow stronger in our spirit. When our spirit becomes strong, it's connected with God. It can rise up in faith. It can rise up above our circumstances, and it is our spirit that's going to go into the next life, and it is our spirit that's going to be reclothed with a supernatural body. You know, the world is focused on what it can offer us. It's focused on our intellect, whatever we can do to get something for our life. And so our heart and spirit become enmeshed. Our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, gets enmeshed with our heart and spirit. And our spirit being dead without Christ is all mixed together. But the Bible says the word of God comes and is like a sharp sword that divides between soul and spirit. And when you hear the word heart, it's synonymous with spirit, that part of us that has life with God. So we come to God as sinners and we say, I need a savior. And most of us have come to that place where we're like, man, I can't get this right. I feel dirty. I need a savior. Jesus went to the cross for the sins of the world. But when we make it personal by saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I want to be born again. I want my spirit alive. And we accept what Jesus did at the cross. That's the beginning. That's where the light comes on. That's where our spirit is now connected with God. And so what we're doing in this venue in this situation is drawing strength in our spiritual life. We're growing strong in our spirit so that we're connected with God and we're beginning to take our mind back from the way the world taught us, the way our life experiences taught us, the way we were victimized. Whatever it is has affected us, all has come into our soul and it's internalized. And our soul being the predominant force because of how we're born and what we take in, it leads our life. It rules our life and it decides what we're going to do. It's part of our will. And so our spirit is fighting to draw strength from God, to learn understanding from God, and renew our mind to what God thinks and says about us. And so there's this war going on between our mind and the regeneration that God's trying to do in our spirit. And so that's why we're here. We want to grow. And we want that supernatural experiences to happen. Our soul definitely needs a touch. Our soul needs to be transformed. Our life experiences that, that seek to... Dis- to oppress and discourage us and keep us down, God wants to bring healing to. And that's why we're talking. This is the fifth week I talk about, Lord, tame my tongue. And it's because God wants to do something radical in our lives that we're really changed on the inside. A lot of times, you know, we go through different things and we have a measure of success or we control our tongue, but there's deep-seated roots where we're wounded and God wants to heal. And it's interesting, the theme that went into prayer today and even the two people who spoke prophetically, uh, my wife Dory and then Denise, that God wants to do healing. That was on my heart. 
I, I, I struggled and wrestled putting this message together this weekend. God, what do you want? How do you want this to play out? And Friday night, I just felt like before I went to bed to come up, and I went up and got on my knees, and God just began to talk to me about the healing he wants to do in our spirit, the healing in our heart, the healing in our soul with those soul wounds that have so traumatized us and so caused us to, yeah, we have these moments where we're moving forward, and then boom, we're back. A few, a few feelings, a few thoughts, a few words, and we were back in the very stuff that we're believing that God's supposed to deliver us from. Then we get to this place when things don't change. We think, well, God, when's it going to happen? Where are you at? What's going on? And I believe that God wants you to have a supernatural experience. And God wants to begin to take you into a process where you can literally say goodbye to the past. You can say bye, bye to those war wounds and those traumatic things that have limited you in your faith in God. The things that Satan can pull up anytime he throws a few words at you, brings a few memories and a few feelings, and boom, you're back to where you were. We must move forward as a people of God. We must move forward in faith to be overcomers to the place where we can share with what's going on in our lives to people who are broken and need the same hope and help that we have received. You know, part of the thing we were talking about how spiritual authority is under attack, natural authority is under attack. I don't know about you, but I'm praying for the president a few times a day. I'm praying for all those who are in authority because we have to live in this world and we need to be overcomers. So we're praying that he gets the mind of Christ, those authorities over us get the mind of Christ, that they carry out their responsibilities as being in authority because God has initiated that authority that they carry out. And God, because we want to live that peaceable life, we want you to do the effects that you can do on them and their decisions and what they're doing. We pray for the Holy Spirit to change the atmospheres around our leaders so that they might come under the power of the Holy Spirit and that conforming and changing and being transformed that we all experience and need. Spiritual leaders lovingly correct and confront sin. I hate to say the hardest thing about being a pastor is to confront people about sin. When a person is confronted about their sin, they can receive the gift of repentance. You know, when we confront someone, it's not to judge them, it's to get them into the place where they can correct them. When Nathan corrected David, conviction came upon him, and he was able to receive repentance, and he was transformed and changed. And that is that power thing that, about words. You know, we've talk, been talking the last couple weeks about words, the negative words, the things that are being said that are negative. They come. The Bible says that out, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we've been looking at our, the way we're, ta- we're talking, the way we've talked, the way people have talked about us, and we're trying to get our tongue back in that place where it is used by God, where we're not slamming each other, and we're starting to get the power back in our words. Remember our key verse the first week was Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who will love it will eat its fruit. Again, four weeks we've been talking about analyzing how we're speaking. A couple of handouts in your bulletins about what... What are the words th- that I'm using? Uh, how, what are the foundations and the way I started my, my negative words? What does it influence my vocabulary and what I think about the words that I use? Those things always just because it takes time to analyze why we're talking the way we're talking. How can we change it? And then realizing that we really need God's help. In Romans 7.20, you know, we want to talk about the soul. And for us to use positive words, we need help. 
those words may be rooted in our soul, in our experiences, and the words that we heard because we were around different conversations. Maybe the way your family grew up, some of the negative words you say or phrases you can trace back to uh, your family. Uh, we were watching just the 42 just recently and just watching how that, that young boy, you know, because his father started cursing that African-American man, you know, um, Jackie Robinson, that the son started taking on the same thing. What words did we hear that began to form something in our heart and in our soul that rooted so deeply that now it's a negative force in our life and it's not a positive force that brings change and brings the uplifting words that a Christian can have to encourage people and speak life. Paul the Apostle wrote in Romans 7.20, Now, if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I that do it. It is not myself that acts, but the sin principle which dwells within me, fixed and operating in my soul. So there's where the roots get established, in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And when that stronghold is established, there's an outplay of our will and the fruit in our lives and what we say, and it comes from our soul. So God, we need God to heal our soul. When we accept Christ, again, like I said earlier, our spirit is born again in May life. We have this direct connection with God. We can talk to him whenever, whenever we want, and, and hopefully we talk even more than when we want because we know we need to keep this communication line spirit to spirit because God is spirit, and we're reconnected with him. But our soul is that place that God is, is ongoing. The salvation of our soul is what's happening right now. And as our soul is transformed and changed, as our mind is renewed, and our thoughts come under the, the control of the Holy Spirit and under the guides of the Word of God, we start acting differently. And our will that has been set free in Christ begins to take on the alignment with our spirit and what God's Word says and who, what He says about us. We start contradicting the negative feelings we have about ourselves because of our past and the things we've done to identifying ourselves with what Christ says we are. And now He has set us free through the blood that he shed for us. And so we start going through the struggle of being different people because we're not going by what we think about ourselves, what people told us about ourselves, what we felt about ourselves, but what God says about ourselves. We rise to this new level. It's in our spirit. It's in this new place that's vying for attention, for vying for that control that we're yielding through our soul. As our will is transformed and changed because of what God's word is saying to us, we start getting back the control in our spirit to do what is right, to say what is right, and to be the different people that God has recreated us in Christ to be. So, maybe you've been kind of agonizing. I've been trying to work on my tongue the last few weeks, and I don't know. It's not changing that much. Well, maybe there's a root problem in our heart, in our soul, that God wants to bring healing to. To me, through our reborn spirit from what the Word of God says, that's where the correct change can happen and our vocabulary can change. But a person who has a broken spirit, they, without maybe intending, can continually hurt people with their words because the place where their words are coming from is not healed. It's broken. And if you've been deeply wounded, you know, you can justify what's going on because you have feelings that back it. You can justify it as a Christian yeah, this was wrong. This was done to me. And so you have this merry ground You have this carousel going on inside of you where nothing ever changes because you can reflect on the pain. Your thoughts can identify with the words. And so you find yourself not changing. And then you find yourself sometimes saying things you shouldn't say. Maybe you're getting into gossip and slander and all the things. And then you afterwards you feel dirty or you feel guilty. And you say, forgive me, Lord. But 
the process isn't changed. You're perpetuating some cycle that this really says there's a deeper wound inside. And that's what God wants to bring healing to. I felt like today, been getting to this moment, but that Friday night knowing that somehow God wants to heal some of us who have not truly had their wounds healed yet, that God wants to remind you he is here to bring healing to you. He's here to bring a transformation that you've longed for and maybe even you've given up and doubted that it's ever going to happen. I really believe it is the Lord's presence is because you've been given an intimate invitation through Jesus Christ to have this personal relationship with God that that's where your healing is going to manifest. could be today at the altar or in this process where you begin to let him have those places. I believe there's some of you who have had things happen to you and you hold an exterior, you hold a countenance that no one would ever know. Maybe you even take a strength and a, a warrior stance or you take the strong personality that no one would ever know that something happened to you and it's, and it's a place you use as a guard. It's a place you use as a protection because no one is going to touch that you again. No one is going to inflict something on you again that happened when you were innocent or happened when you were a child or happened at some point when you were blindsided. But I tell you, maybe you've never even cried a tear. I tell you, God's going to break open the dam and there's going to be pain that comes out. You're going to grieve over that but God is going to close a door. God is going to fill that place of emptiness and brokenness and unforgiveness and bitterness and pain and being victimized, and you're going to experience a healing of that place. And God's going to begin to move you forward in your life. Things are going to look differently. Yeah, you maybe even think about that thought once in a while, but it doesn't have the depth of pain that it once had because God is bringing a healing and a transformation. And out of that is going to come a confidence in who you are, a confidence in how you're going to help other people and say, oh, I've been there. I know what it is to be victimized. I know what it is to have bitterness and pain and unforgiveness and unbelief and to be limited by spiritual gifts because you have this thing that's not right. And it doesn't give you the confidence to be the man or woman of God that God has called you to be. But I tell you, you're here because God wants to complete the healing. He doesn't want you to be a victim all the way through your life, but he wants you to be that person who is an overcomer. Bitter springs, words from deep wounds. In Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, pursue peace with all people in holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. We're defiled with ourselves when we cannot get rid of the bitter root of what's happened to us. And then our words, because there's a bitter root in us, because there's a bitter spring, because there's a woundedness in our heart, there's a woundedness in our spirit. It comes out in our words. We can't trust people, and we can't love people like God wants us to love, and we can't open our hearts because we're afraid we're going to get hurt again. And God says, I want to heal that because my people, even like Jerry said today, God wants us to be a one. God wants us to have a oneness. doesn't mean we're going to be some communal family. No, you're going to have your family. You're going to have your, you know, your, your natural family. But we're going to be one where we can trust each other, where we can stand with each other, where the gifts of the Spirit can come out and complement this body, where we can bring more people in and see more people come in and be healed and transformed because we're in a process of transformation and change. We serve a real God, a living God, but we live in a darkened world. We live in a world that there's problems and troubles and str- struggles and trials. And when we go out that door, we're going to have more of them come our way. But our strength is going to come out of our spiritual life and our connection with God and our connection with each other. 
We're not going to make each other our God, but we're going to make God God, and we're going to receive the benefits of who we are as a body of Christ. Ephesians 4.23, be consistently renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. That's what's going to come to help you walk out of the past. That's what's going to help you as you deal with the pain. It's so easy. Pain is such a trigger. When you feel that pain, get a few thoughts, a few thoughts and a few feelings, you have lost the battle. And you're in that victim place again. And you're in that merry-go-round again. You're in that cycle again. I tell you, God is going to break the cycle. The Holy Spirit is in your life to break the cycles and to bring changes that you've been longing for. Healing of the soul through forgiveness. Gossip, slander, division, discord all have destructive effect on the body of Christ, the local church. These words speak death in Christ's body Satan uses our tongue to hack people out of the church. I said my I saw my dad's own wounds um, hack him out of the church because he couldn't resolve things that he saw with leaders and people. He took himself out of the church and took our family out of the church. And my sister, one of my, my youngest sister suffers today. Uh, from not really being connected in the body of Christ because of what my father did. But somehow he couldn't get past his wounds. He couldn't get past his hurts. It was post-traumatic trauma from World War II, and he ended up kind of a victim in the body of Christ. But I thank God for his grace because all through life, growing up in the church and hearing the word of God and building my relationship with God, I, God worked on me. I was out of church for like six months, but God worked on my heart, and I knew I had to be in his body. And he plugged me right back in, and I continued my relationship with God. We can't do this without each other. It just doesn't work. Right. We can have good intentions, you know, and maybe we're going to go out in nature and be close to the Lord, and before we know it, we're doing other things on the Sundays. We're doing other things when we can be gathering, you know, in small groups because it's just the way it is. When we're on by ourselves, we're disconnected. We're members of the body of Christ. We have to be in fellowship and communion. We have to hear it from each other. We have to hurt each other and then work through forgiveness with each other. That's how we get close. That's how we get close, is being able to make amends. How many times in our marriages we have to make amends? Maybe some of you are struggling in your marriage. Stick with it. That person is worth investing in. You're going to make it because you resolve conflicts. You resolve your differences. You wrestle. You war. But you overcome because two people love God and they know forgiveness comes from God and they know they've invested in each other because they made commitments. Their words had power when they made their vows. And God restores and he heals. And the pains of yesterday can be removed and can go away because our commitment is to God and to each other. In Matthew 6, 14, Jesus said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Could gossip and slander be rooted in unforgiveness? Could our deep wounds be the source of why we have unforgiveness in our life? And could be that be the reason why the manifestation of our wounded heart and our brokenness in our soul is the way we talk about other people. Where will we put to rest our unforgiveness? 
where are we going to stop our own blocks of receiving forgiveness from God and our relationship with him because we've allowed unforgiveness to stay in a place that really legitimately and realistically we could say, I'm justified in having this feeling, this was done to me. Jesus went to the cross because of all the injustices, because of all the unrighteousness. And he said, I'm going to take it all on myself. I'm going to die for the sins of the world so people can have a level playing field to start back and receive forgiveness and then give forgiveness, where they can receive love and then give that love. That's why Jesus said hard things. Love your enemies. Wow, that is a hard thing to do. So for me to love my enemies, I have to deal with whatever is keeping me and, and keeping them in unforgiveness and bitterness. But it's that healing process that God wants to accelerate in our body. Frank DiMaggio, our MFI uh, leader, wrote this. The person who accepts forgiveness adopts an attitude toward himself that transforms his or her attitude toward others. The person who accepts forgiveness becomes the forgiver. Let me read that one more time. The person who accepts forgiveness adopts an attitude toward himself that transforms his or her attitude toward others. The person who accepts forgiveness becomes the forgiver. That's a lot on us, isn't it? That's a lot on us. And I hope today you're starting to to get in fresh in those feelings and in your mind, those places that have not been resolved so that you can say, God, I want to resolve this. I want to have a place where I can mark down even today in my journal, in my Bible, I'm forgiving this person. And I am moving forward in the love of God to cut them free so that I am cut free from the pain that they have caused me so that I might have the words of my mouth restored to that place of power and ability and encouraging and strengthening other people instead of tearing people down with my words. When you're broken in spirit, don't bandage it yourself. There's a place for counselors and godly counsel and places to to share your story and get it out. But there should come a place where it changes. It should be a place where things come to rest and they're just not constantly fed. Our attempts to bandage cover what will fester and remain wounded. When you are broken in spirit, offer it to the Lord so it will be mended and then healed. What the Lord mends stays mended and is healed. Our flesh clothes the spirit, keeping it from brokenness. That clothing is self-protection. It just prevents permanent healing. We often nurture our wounds. Nurtured wounds won't heal. I found that, the, that even the devil comes with our own mind, will, and emotions, and he gives us this false comfort. Maybe some of you have experienced it where it's like the self-pity feeling comes and justifies and strokes you from where you've been hurt. It's a lie of the enemy. I remember where I was one day driving to work, and I was coming over on San Felipe Road, coming down the hill, and I remember I did this. I said, I renounce you spirit of self-pity because of the way I grew up and the depression and the way 
I experienced life with friends and people. I had just become isolated. But I had this thing that always nurtured the self-pity inside. They don't understand. You were just, you were just treated bad. But the one day I recognized it was the enemy. It was the enemy, and he was coming in my own self-pity, my own self-justification of what I went through. And when I renounced it, it felt so strange. But when I renounced it, it broke off. And I realized that the enemy had been offering me this false feeling of care, and it was just harboring and feeding the rejection and bitterness I had my whole life. I want to stop there and um, open the altars. Maybe we can have some music and whatever you need to do. Maybe you want to just sit there. Maybe you just want to say, you know what, God? This speaks to me today. I have some deep wounds that I need healed. Maybe you want to come to the altar and you want people to just agree with you. Maybe there's a a deep-rooted sin in your life that you've been struggling with and you want that stronghold broken. God wants to meet your needs. God wants to break strongholds. God wants to bring healing. And so whatever you need to do, the altars are open.